Preventing suicide is one of our society's greatest challenges. That's why the Flint Hills Volunteer Center has developed this Suicide Awareness Packed podcast. Packed stands for Prevention, Awareness, Compassion, Training. The Suicide Packed podcast will feature personal stories and professional perspectives. This podcast series is funded in part by the Kansas Health Foundation, AmeriCorps Seniors, and the Greater Manhattan Community Foundation. Our hope is to touch hearts and provide hope amidst despair. Please follow us wherever you get your podcasts and share them with those you know that are seeking help and hope. Our website and contact info is included in the show notes. In this episode of Suicide Awareness Pack, Lori, today we are going to uh, be visiting with a young man who had this wonderful vision to help people that have been really having some struggles in, in lots of different ways. And many of them are subject to having suicidal thoughts from time to time. And I think that this is a, this is going to be a fascinating conversation today. Yes, I'm really excited. I've been hearing a lot about uh, the Be Able uh, program. And so we reached out to Scott Boos and uh, asked him to come on so we can hear a little bit about what the Be Able uh, program is uh, and, and who you serve and, and what you do. So welcome, Scott. Do you want to share with us a little bit about the Be Able program? Sure. Thank you so much for this opportunity. And when I was approached by, by you to to be a part of this podcast, I jumped at the opportunity because, yes, I do feel uh, this is a pertinent topic and one that that we can can shed some light on to what what we are hearing and experiencing from the individuals that walk through our door. So I'd love to to expand upon that. Yeah. Can you explain a little bit about that? Who who is your population that you're serving? It it is really hard to. To, to categorize our population uh, within our, our mission statement, the first phrase is we serve individuals dealing w- in adversity. So adversity really does not know it does not know limits, and so it can hit anybody. And um, we do focus on the homeless individuals in the in the area, but it's it's much beyond that. Uh, anybody who is going through adverse situations, um, it could be employment situations, it could be relationships, it could be addiction. It could be as simple as I need help uh, accessing food stamps. So um, predominantly the Manhattan area, although we are starting to see an influx from surrounding cities, um, Junction City, Clay Center, Wamigo, um, they are finding their ways to Manhattan. And most often it's because those other cities, the resources are starting to dry up. Um, and um, we're trying to figure out why, but still they are coming here. That's good to know. Uh, one of the things with our podcast and what we're doing this, it's a FHVC PAC prevention, awareness, compassion, and training. We're not professionals. And so all along, I wanted this to be about uh, awareness and, and sharing stories. And we've brought so many on to talk about different uh, backgrounds in their personal uh, relationship to someone that they've lost or known uh, that died by suicide. Do you know of any or do you deal with any of those that might be struggling and having some of those thoughts? Oh, most certainly. Uh, we do hear the phrase uh, suicidal ideations right. quite often. And 
Although I, I will also say that we're not necessarily professionally trained um, therapists or counselors on our staff. We do know where those connections are in the community. So right. um, we have made a concerted effort towards the, the learning the talk paths that are appropriate for, for these the connotations uh, and then um, how to access the services that are out there. Um, but as, as we get to or as our um, footprint and presence tends to, to grow and grow, more training could be beneficial for us for sure. And that's one of the things uh, that we actually have coming up. Uh, we have a lot of resources here. We have a task force and that c is comprised of uh, several uh, therapists, social workers, nurses, uh, those of us who've lost a child, uh, or those that have s suffered with their own struggles mm -hmm. with suicidal thoughts. And our goal is to do more trainings. And uh, so we're, we're excited about uh, getting that. We're updating our uh, power point and presentations. Uh, we'll work closely with uh, Roddy County Health Department uh, on that, but but locally too, but bring out the awareness of the, the 988 hotline mm -hmm. and, and where you can go with Pawnee Mental Health and where you can go to get access and resources. Yeah. That sounds really, really great mm -hmm. and, and ideal for our population that we tend to see are those that that tend to to be the hidden population, the ones that, for a lot of different reasons, are are very quiet and marginalized in our community. And the whole vision and concept behind Be Able is we we do a fantastic job of attracting those individuals. And so I encourage a lot of other dif different type of entities to come down to our center and educate and promote what you have to offer right there. And part of our training is. It's to work with uh, organizations or businesses that um, your staff members know some of those those things to look for. And, and when we talk about that, are, you know, are they giving away their possessions? Are they wanting to just stay by themselves and, and not talk to anybody? You know, are, are they depressed? You see an addiction. A lot of those signs mm -hmm. um, is what we want to help educate yeah. that others can look for what those signs are. Yeah. What kind of process do you go through when you hear somebody say the wrong things at maybe the right time? Well, that, that's interesting. And I, I, I knew I, I could predict that this question would come up. And what we have to do and, and as our staff is to deduce the, the meaning behind that when these phrases come up from an individual. And most often they are just cries for help. And, and I don't want to uh, disparage or, or not uh, pay service to, to what they are saying. But, but a lot of times what we're seeing are um, just the initial steps of, of people beginning to open up. And most certainly when we do get to know the individuals and, and their tendencies and their, their inner personalities, we can really assess and determine either sincerity behind it or the, the layers or the depth of, of when they're saying these things. And then once you understand where it's coming from, sure. do you invite others to come in and provide the assistance? Do you have people there uh, within the Be Able community yeah. that can help? Exactly. And, and one of my big missions is to go in the community and find the partners that are out there, the, the established experts, 
and get them used to to what we are doing, uh, how to work with the the neighbors that that we 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 call individuals that we work with neighbors, and so mm-hmm. they're not clients, they're not um, numbers or anything That's like that. Nice. So yeah. so they're they're neighbors for us. So um, we I'm always on the lookout for the the experts that are out there in the Manhattan community who do do awesome things, and so getting them used to knowing where be able is and how to to work with the neighbors that that's a big part of what i do on a day-to-day basis yeah when, when i'm meeting with a particular neighbor and the idea of, of a suicidal ideation comes up um i have a pretty good uh inclination of who i can introduce that person to whether it's a female or a male or a, a high-level doctor or a so often um there there's some some bad Oh, interactions or a history of of a neighbor not wanting to go back to a certain either a, a mental health provider or they've had a bad experience with one, and so knowing that I can I can not approach that entity, but I can go to the other one down the road. Scott Boos is our guest. He is the uh, director of the Be Able Community, and we're talking about your neighbors. And Scott, is it also though? A positive, I mean, I'm sure it is in, in most respects, an extremely positive environment to where maybe just being among neighbors that is uh, kind of try to curtail some of those thought processes. When I first came up with this idea of, of hey, we, we, we should create a place where people can go and, and get services and, and feel heard. Um, the phrase community wasn't on on the initial naming of of what it is. And so it it just dawned on me, hey, I think that if we include the the term community, we can really affect more than just one person at a time. And one neighbor can bear witness to another neighbor and and so forth. And that builds a whole community of people who maybe for the first time, ever or first time in a long time, they have not felt heard or supported or loved. And that goes a long way for for somebody who who feels like they don't belong. What's it like when uh, someone hears about you and your services and comes to approach you the first time? What happens at that point? Yeah, um, it it is hard to categorize. And I really have to watch myself by not bombarding them with all kinds of helpful resources because that can be very overwhelming mm-hmm. and keep keep in mind the the people that we see they, they are usually at their lowest point and so i by nature am a, a fixer and i really have to be mindful to not fix and solve problems immediately myself and all of my staff members we we talk through the importance of just being present and being um, in the moment with with the neighbor when they first walk in the doors, usually they come in with one specific reason. And so as we get to talking and uh, kind of peeling away the layers of their onion, um, there's there's a whole litany. There's three and four high priority things that that person is needing. So it really is a lengthy process of case management and um creating kind of a, a short list or a checklist of what that person needs to seek in their life. What did you have to go through to get this first established? It was your brainchild. Did you work with others to come up that you all worked together to come up with? And how did you come up with the name? Oh, uh, that, that's a very complicated answer. That could be a whole podcast in and of itself. Myself, I am not a business person. I, I, I'll admit that I'm not a typical person who exudes business. So um, I had to research how to create a nonprofit. Google, 
I had to to do a lot of research that way. I went around and and talked with a lot of people. Dave, I, I picked your brain. You you might not even know it, but a long time ago. So I just learned from who's doing things well in the mm-hmm. community. Um, and keep in mind, this was at the beginning of COVID. So the whole mm-hmm. world was shut down when we started. Mm-hmm. And um, I got some pertin- pertinent mentoring and support during that time frame when, and they said that, now's the best time to open up this. Mm -hmm. When the whole world was shut down, we decided, hey, we have to open up our doors because there's people who aren't getting the services that they need. So there there was that. I formed uh, a small group uh, who became the board of directors. And those are people that are well-placed in educational systems of of Manhattan, law enforcement, the church community, as well as other uh, business uh, established people. So I surrounded myself with with some smart people. I like to say it it takes one to know one. So myself, um, I'm 14, maybe 15 years sober. I need to to think of my my timeline. But I, I, I dealt with a lot of uh, addiction and um, just hitting rock bottom myself. Mm-hmm. So I've developed a lot of empathy and uh, just innate understanding for for individuals that are going through phenomenons. Uh, not a week goes by where I don't feel like I can relate with what somebody's going through. And then also all of my staff and volunteers tend to have themselves experienced either incarceration, mm-hmm. uh, they've been, uh, they've served ample jail time or run-ins with the law or addiction, um, things like that. So yeah, we, as a team, be able exudes empathy for a, a very diverse uh, crowd. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's interesting you say that because addiction is one of the, the, the targets and, and to do, because that's how I lost my son was mm-hmm. uh, due to a, a drug addiction that he had. But 13 years ago when he d- passed away, we weren't talking about right. that. And, and it, it was the stigma mm-hmm. of those with alcohol or, or drugs or whatever. And that's one of the things that people are talking about more. Um, you know, we don't ask to get cancer. We don't ask to have an addiction. Right. You know, it's just something uh, that that someone goes through. And so we, we try to really work so people understand it's a different kind of thing. You work with people on a day-to-day basis that, that are challenged. Are there some other things that you see that maybe there's some holes in the structures, some things that we can do better on that, uh, you know, some services that could uh, be provided that aren't being provided here locally in Manhattan area? Most certainly. This is where I have to do better at at arming myself with the, the way to approach the existing systems and stakeholders in our community, because what we do see a lot of times, chances are it's because there is gaps in the system or just incredibly difficult accessible services, or in some cases, not, I'll say like a social detox or an inpatient uh, treatment facility related to addiction, there's nothing in Manhattan related to that. And so weekly, we are sending people to other communities to, to seek these services. I'm astounded by the length of time it takes for somebody in their moment of need and cry out for help who want to actively get out of addiction, who they raise their hand, break down to us, say, I, w- I want help. We make phone calls. We we drive people to other communities that have these f- services, and they are turned down. Sometimes weeks, sometimes a, a month out from them getting help. And for me, that that 
it, it's borderline. I don't, I don't, there's a good word for it. I keep thinking of criminal. It's not criminal, but there's got to be a better way. And um, I think what one thing that Be Able has done, we've ruffled some feathers in this community as far as the existing um, system goes for, for mental health access. Um, but what we're doing is shining a light and, and uh, really showing that there's a, there's a large number of people in our own community who are experiencing mental health breakdowns or um, addictive related crisis and they, they're just, they can't find the help. I was just having that conversation with uh, one of my task force members today at lunch. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what we were uh, talking about is those resources. And we had talked about a financial, uh, some of those that are, are perhaps homeless or some of those that don't have the money to go seek professional counseling and mm -hmm. all that. I actually spoke to Senator Turan about that because we have to think of a way to help them. I know when my son passed away, I had someone send me a letter basically accusing me because I didn't have the money to, to get my son help. And it's like, I'm trying to avoid this judgment and uh, stereotype and the, yeah. and the stigma. But it's interesting you say that because we, we, we are hearing that. And, and I, I heard of someone that tried to seek counseling and it was a year wait. Right. And it's like, we can't, we can't do that. Yeah. So. Yeah. There's gotta be a better way. And I think also on the, on the other side of the fence, the, the providers, they are worked thin as well. Yes. And there's, there's just a good, perfect storm of a lack of qualified professionals mm -hmm. that that are are coming up from the from the the ranks and then also the the social work uh, is a beast to work in mm -hmm. that that labor force anyway so yeah a committee um uh, just a group of people it's almost a grassroots effort mm -hmm. um is is going to be what it, it what it what it takes uh for Manhattan um to to try to uh, counter that. Um, and things are being done. Um, mm -hmm. And a great example is is um, Pawnee Mental Health um, approached us as well as a few other entities uh, about um, like a supportive housing structure for men who are seeking sober living. And so they actually were able to, to, to find a, a place last week, signed a lease, and they're ready to offer a, a men's sober house. I'm excited yeah. to hear that. And that's yeah. great. Uh, uh, earlier, Dave, you mentioned the, the gaps in the community. One thing that we have found is there is a complete lack of supportive housing structure in Manhattan that is is unique. Um, Salina, as an example, has has double digit housing options for for people who who can't live on their own in a in a traditional year lease, like as a renter. Um, but they have they have ten to fifteen of these type of housing options for people. Manhattan, to my count, I think we have three or four examples of, of housing options for people. So without that, people don't stand a chance. But that is also a good point to make that we have seen a tremendous uptick in services that are being provided. You know, you mm -hmm. talk about uh, Pawnee Mental Health, you talk about the criminal stabilization unit mm -hmm. that's on Hayes Drive and mm -hmm. what a wonderful asset that's been. You know, things that have been you know, people that are in a first responders in their training, Katie's Way, the 988 suicide hotline number. There are a lot of things that are in the works. And, you know, we may still just be scratching at the surface mm -hmm. of what really needs to be, right. but we have had significant progress in mm -hmm. this. That's what I think is so great about this is with 
with what our agenda is, is, is to bring awareness and, and we find out what yours is and, and we all work together mm-hmm. to make that known and the public knows this is a this is a crisis you know there are people struggling and we have to make them aware and not only that aware of those signs and symptoms to to look for Mm -hmm. i've learned a lot over the last year on uh things and and now that i understand this and hear this i look back and I saw those in my son, but I didn't know it mm-hmm. then. Had I had known now what I knew or what I known then, what yeah. I know now, you know, you can't say what's going to sure. happen, but it would have made me more aware, I sure. think. There have been improvements made in so many arenas, you know, mm-hmm. we talk about, you know, like uh, uh, my wife's, you know, lost some 16 years ago. That may not have happened in, with today's healthcare. Uh, yes, you know, some yeah. of the great science that we have. But, you know, one of the things is that we are having honest conversations about it. Mm-hmm. It's a conversation that many families are having. Mm-hmm. It's a conversation the schools are having. It's a conversation that's happening in the churches and in the business community. And, mm-hmm. you know, everywhere that we have that conversation, we see the potential for progress and an outreach for people to say, hey, it's okay to not be okay. Mm-hmm. But right. you have to take that step. You have to realize that, you know, you might be in a, a difficult situation. Mm-hmm. Let us help. Right. But and along those lines is is not to be judgmental, not to be a bully, you know, not to, you know, nobody knows what somebody is going through. And I think we have to approach it in a positive way mm-hmm. so that, you know, we, we don't have that, that backstory, you know, and stuff. Mm-hmm. And we've been talking a lot about that is, is breaking the, the stigma mm-hmm. of all these different issues that, that people have that struggle with. Yeah. Scott will put some information about Be Able in the footnotes to the show, okay. on the show notes here. And we applaud you for the work that you and and your committee and those that are mm-hmm. to Be Able do. And sounds like you got a lot of good neighbors that are doing a lot of nice things and, and uh, helping themselves along with the, the help from others. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and I have to always remind myself because we are in the thick of dealing with adverse situations. Uh, we have to remember the wins and the the, the progress that are, people are making, even as little as if a person shows up to be able. It, sometimes we consider that a victory. So um, yeah, that's always important. Yeah, I love the idea that that we're talking about these these concepts more and more often. We're normalizing uh, mm-hmm. differences in individuals and valuing them and learning how not to judge. And uh, just understanding that there's reasons for things. And so paying attention more and loving thy neighbor is a great way to start. Scott, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm really excited to learn more about Be Able. And I I think I learned a lot today and I appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much. We hope you or someone you love can benefit from this series. If you need help, reach out to the many resources that are available. Many are listed in our show notes. The Flint Hills Volunteer Center's Suicide Awareness Pact podcast series is funded in part by the Kansas Health Foundation, AmeriCorps Seniors, and the Greater Manhattan Community Foundation. Please follow us wherever you get your podcasts and share them with those you know that are seeking help and hope.